The Minnesota Vikings have brought joy and misery to the Vikings fans for many years. At the Skull Purple Podcast, we just want to see the Vikings party with the Lombardi. Join us for analysis, interviews, laughs, and much more. It's the podcast by Vikings fans for Vikings fans. The Skull Purple Podcast starts now. Here's your host, Carson Schubert. Welcome into the Skull Purple Podcast. Glad you're able to join us as we are now joined by Kevin Brown. And Kevin is on Twitter at Kevin Brown NFL. Kevin has been following and covering the Vikings for a long time. And it's always good to get his opinion this time of year. As Kevin, you're a big NFL draft guy and you love uh, kind of doing the study on players as well. So uh, thanks for joining us again, Kevin. You bet. Pleasure to be with you again. So, uh, Kevin, Kevin is uh, much more much more into this time of year, I think, maybe than the regular season. But uh, but we're we're glad that uh, we're glad to have your perspective here, Kevin, because you've you've been studying players and player profiles, doing that kind of thing for a long time. So um, you have an idea of what you're looking for uh, when it is related to the NFL draft and some of these players. Uh, yeah, I'm still learning, you know, the new regime, you know, right. the, it's still a little bit of a mystery what their defensive scheme is, you know, it was like that last year and it figures to change again. Um, yep. know, and, you know, just trying to see Quasi move from, you know, transitioning from what he inherited to what he's trying to build for himself. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to just continue learning, you know, about the, the process. And he's very much a cutting edge, you know, guy. He's not an old school scout. So it's it's fun to just keep learning. So absolutely. And that's what we're all doing. I mean, I, I think especially, you know, you mentioned with Rick Spielman no longer being the GM, you kind of maybe we're able to see his tendencies a little bit. And now it's a new regime where it's like, Hmm, what might they do here? And obviously there's kind of a transition that's been going on too, with some of the older players leaving. And now um, some of the newer players coming in transition time for the Minnesota Vikings. So absolutely. Well, uh, before we get into any NFL draft stuff, Kevin, uh, we got some news to talk about here uh, this offseason. So the Minnesota Vikings have been busy in free agency once again, kind of some minor. It's almost kind of like minor league free agents, if you want to use that uh, terminology from baseball uh, in a way. But these guys do have the potential to make the 53-man roster. Uh, Let's start with Rams former Rams wide receiver, Brandon Powell. He signed a a deal with the Vikings. Of course, uh, you know, the Rams and Brandon Powell and Kevin O'Connell was, of course, the Rams offensive coordinator before becoming the Vikings head coach. So that relationship there and anything that Sean McVay has on Brandon Powell, I'm sure Kevin O'Connell is fully aware of that as well. And I've been seeing some interesting takes on this, Kevin, that maybe this is a signing for the Vikings as a consolation prize almost for Mecole Hardman, who was signed today as well. 
they didn't get him. The Jets got him after they, or before they traded Elijah Moore. And now the Vikings get Brandon Powell, who is maybe an off-brand, if you will, a diet version of Mecole Hardman, it seems. Yeah, I don't know if I would get that excited about it. Um, you know, he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a guy that's played in the NFL. He can return kicks. The biggest play of his career was a punt return touchdown against the Vikings in 2021. Um, you know, he knows his system. So, I mean, he's legitimately, you know, a number five receiver kind of guy. And a punt return option. And I think, you know, this time of year, a lot of these signings are, you know, they're just trying to fill out their depth chart so that, you know, they don't get influenced to, you know, draft guys so much by position. They, they want a team they could field right now, you know, regardless of what they get from the draft. And yeah. I think, you know, more than ever, I think this regime is very much looking at the totality of a player's potential career after they draft them, you know, they're, they're looking at what's this guy going to be at the end of his first contract. Is he going to be a guy that, you know, is good enough to be re-signed to a second contract or, you know, what, what can they get from that guy while he's still under that first rookie contract? So I, I think they have a little bit more of a long view. And, you know, they're trying to get to a point where they can do that more freely. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a depth move for sure. I mean, he could potentially be a gadget type of guy if the Vikings keep him on the roster. But it seems to me like it's kind of like a worse version and maybe it's not worse version. Who knows? You can make the comparison to Jalen Rager a little bit, too. Um, where they both kind of seem like they're not like going to win with their routes necessarily, but with their, their speed, their twitchiness, I guess. Um, and it seems like Jalen Rager's kind of that same mold. So does that, does that mean that Jalen Rager's got competition going into camp or do you, do you think it's just kind of like a depth signing? I would say from my perspective, it, there's a chance he could make it, but I would say more likely than not, he won't, but who knows? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they have a very limited number of picks, you know, at this point anyway, and they'll likely do something about that. But inevitably, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to get top tier guys every single pick and you're going to, you know, you're eventually going to, you know, come out of this and you're going to not have addressed a, a position of need. So they want a guy that, you know, they can fall back on that could be, you know, an NFL caliber player. You know, Paul, I think, contributes on special teams, you know, yeah. more more than Rieger does. I mean, Rieger's a punt return guy. Um, you know, he didn't establish himself as a receiver in the passing game as far as being on the same page. You know, and, you know, I think Paul probably has a leg up on that of understanding the offense and running the right routes. And like you said, like maybe some gadget type plays, um, you know, I, th I think he's a fallback to Rieger. I, you know, I would think it's one or the other that ends up sticking around and Paul is probably cheaper. So, yeah. you know, that, I think that's his thing. 
Now, if if they end up, you know, the best guy, you know, with their first pick is a wide receiver, then, you know, his chances probably went down. Right. <laughs> Making the team. But that's how it goes. Like he's, you know, he's probably not getting re-signed by the Rams. And this was a legitimate opportunity for him that made sense. So that's, you know, and he's had a pretty nice little career being. Yeah a completely unheard of guy that's undersized and not blazing fast. And so, yeah. Yep. I think, uh, I think that lays it out pretty well. Kind of an Albert Wilson signing from a year ago, uh, kind of a guy that can compete and bring some, bring some of that. um, Yeah. Just competition really to the room, which they they want, you know, they want every guy that's, on the roster in camp, you know, they, they want guys that challenge the younger guys too, you know, knowing yeah. how to do things the right way and set that kind of example. And, you know, because of this guy's experience and familiarity, he's going to do that, you know, yeah. and he's, he's going to be competitive for these young guys that, you know, might not realize what it takes to be a professional at this level. So. Yeah. Yep. There you have it. That is a little bit on wide receiver Brandon Powell from the Rams. Again, not much in terms of production in his career other than special teams, but again, a depth type of signing by the Vikings. Let's move on to the other free agent linebacker that was signed as we record this today on Wednesday that happened today, and that was former Chargers linebacker Troy Reader. And, you know, this is kind of a similar situation, I'd say, Kevin, uh, kind of a depth signing, but I would say I think this could very well be a guy that could make the roster more so than Yeah, Brandon I think Powell. He's, he's more of a challenge to guys they already have. Like, I mean, he's a legitimate challenge to say a Troy Dye making the team. Um, you know, he's he's been a starter, um, you know, in a Super Bowl caliber team. He's, you know, he's he's a pretty decent player. So, you yeah. know, if, if, he, if he has a good camp and Jordan Hicks doesn't, you know, he could end up beating him out even so yeah yeah i i think uh i think jordan hicks making that uh cut a little bit with his pay paycheck i think that maybe i he, guess i don't know how much dead money but um yeah. i would guess that that keeps him but yeah. i i think troy die could very well be gone i mean yeah. i know was it brian flores or kevin o'connell maybe it was even quasi that mentioned Troy Dye in their press conference, which I thought was interesting. Um, but that's really the only three linebackers, I think, unless I'm mistaken, on well, the he, roster, right? Donald actually mentioned uh, William Quenku, too. Oh, yeah, that's which right. Which I thought was interesting, who, you know, was Especially originally a tryout guy, and then they yeah. signed him, and then he made the practice squad, and then he got up and he played special teams. and you know, eventually got some reps on defense. And I mean, uh, I, you know, to me, he has more upside than Troy Dye does, um, mainly because oh, yeah. I think we've seen 
die get a lot of opportunities and I think we kind of know what the ceiling is there. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, adding Reiner just to me says they are not going to invest a high pick in a linebacker. Um, yeah. It, it just kind of takes that. Well, position. and there's not really, unless uh, you feel differently, there's not really a linebacker that I would say is a, you know, can't miss prospect in the first right. round. Right. There's not. Yeah. To me, there, there isn't a linebacker that at 23, you'd say, oh, that's a great pick. I mean, I think there's right. there's guys in a trade down scenario or something like that. But I, I just think it takes that off the table for them needing to. Well, and, really and another thing. That. Yeah. And another thing that it does too, Kevin, and, and I think this team is doing a good job of is adding depth and. And it's and it's also allowing them not to be pigeonholed into making a selection that they maybe don't want to make in the first round. Like they don't have to take a cornerback now because they signed Byron Murphy. Obviously, yep. they still need cornerback depth. It's a very deep cornerback class by many accounts. So mm -hmm. then you go into saying, okay, you don't need a corner in the first round. Now you don't need a linebacker in the first round. Um, you don't really need a running back in the first round because you've signed, re-signed Alexander Madison. You got Ty Chandler, you got Kane Wong Wu, and obviously Dalvin Cook still here for the moment. So yep. Yep. I think and sim similar, and, and then the know, depth on the defensive line too, yep. that they've like, accumulated. Like, uh, bringing back, you know, uh, signing Lowry, very underrated yep. thing, you know, losing Tomlinson kind of left a hole there. They sign yeah. Lowry and they bring back Bullard too. Mm -hmm. So, okay, the, you know, these are guys you can line up and play with, um, you know, in the base defense, these guys can, can play. Um, yeah. You don't have to fill that, you know, with a draft pick unless somebody really good falls into your lap. So, Right. Well, and that brings us to Jonathan Bullard. As you, as you mentioned, we, were the Vikings were able to resign him. And I kind of thought maybe with Dean Lowry coming in and you compare that or, and you bring that in with Kyrus Tonga in there as well. And, um, they still have, um, you know, some of the other guys on the outside as well. But I think again, the Vikings have done a really good job here of not pigeonholing themselves into having to take a defensive lineman whether it's an interior defensive lineman or a uh, pass rusher type of defensive lineman, uh, edge rusher in that with that first pick, even though I really love Kalijah Kansi. I don't know how I will talk about that later, but on your thoughts, but if, if he fell to 23 somehow, which I don't think will happen, but if it does, I would love that pick, but now you don't have to go and trade up to get that kind of guy because you do have some depth here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah but Bullard, Bullard is is you know solid in a very defined role. Um, there, there's not you know there's not much upside there beyond what we've already seen from him. But um, you know he can he can be a a first down, second down guy that you know is in the rotation there. Um, unselfish player takes on, occupies blocks, holds the fort, can set the edge. Uh, not going to give you much pass rush. Um, 
and the, you know, the financial commitment is nothing. He probably doesn't even, you know, he's not even going to register on, you know, any right. ramifications. So he's a cheap, he's a cheap solution. So. Yep. Yeah. And I thought when they signed Lowry, that just meant he would be gone. But the fact that they, they're bringing back some of these guys just, you know, to me, this is part of what I feel like I'm learning from how they're doing this. Yeah. Is, you know, I think people thought they would clean house more aggressively. Um, they really have gone the other way. Like they've been almost mm -hmm. more loyal uh, to the established guys than I think people expected. And, you know, or at they, least loyal to the guys they brought in last year. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, they, you know, they made the tough call on Kendricks and Thielen, but, you know, given the way those contracts were structured, they really, it was a glaringly obvious thing you had to do, you know, something had to happen. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. Well, speaking of rewarding uh, longtime Vikings, they did reward CJ Ham, the hammer, ham yep. sandwich, whatever you want to call him, I guess. Uh, yep. <laughs> he yep. uh, got a two-year extension, which by and large I think helps too. I don't know the terms of the contract extension at the moment, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that his cap hit has been lowered for this yep. year. I think it was $3.8 million yep. for 2023, so that's been lowered, I can almost guarantee and that's huge because the Vikings, it seems like they're Kevin. They're kind of nickel and diming things a little bit here, trying to trying to look in the couch cushions for as much spare change as they could get uh, to try and be able to go and not only just afford maybe another free agent, but also you know you got to bring in a whole new draft class and you got to be able to pay them. Yeah, yeah. I I would think it just converted uh, some of the money that ham was going to make to guaranteed money and it reduced the overall um you know cap hit this year and it probably doesn't assure anything beyond this year it might incur some dead money for the vikings but it doesn't really give him yeah. any more money but it you know it guarantees what's on the table right now so a win-win and he's you know he's you know for the for the role he has you know, however many snaps that is, he's pretty good at it. You know, he's a good blocker and he's an underrated receiver and he's good on special teams. Um, we need to see more fullback dives, I think, Kevin. I don't know if we do. <laughs> Probably won't in Kevin O'Connell's offense, yeah. but yeah. maybe on those third and fourth and shorts, maybe we need to see more fullback dives. I don't know. Well, that, that could be, so... <laughs> It yeah. seems like, and I and I hope that the Vikings really think about this long and hard, but it seems like we talked about this at length multiple times on the Fan Express line after every game. It seems like every game there was at least one or two third and fourth and shorts where they're throwing the ball 15, 20 or more yards down the field. And it's, I get you're trying to stretch the defense a little bit and, you know, trying to catch them off guard, but eventually don't you just have to line up and play and let your offensive line do the work. But I think, work, but I think of, yeah, I think that's part of what some of these signings this year indicate is I think, I think what O'Connell and Kwesi have, you know, assessed is we can't run the ball when we have to run the ball. 
And, you know, so they, they, they signed a tight end, kind of yep. surprising, known for his proficiency as a blocker. And they re-signed Ben Ellison, also known for blocking. And now they're bringing back Ham. You know, they, they want to be able to run the ball in key situations. They want to get better at that. So, and, you know, Madison is, is maybe better in that situation um, than even Cook. So I, I think they want more balance when yeah. they need to, you know, when they need to pick up a yard. So, yeah. No, and I, I think CJ Ham, I think everybody knows how good of a clubhouse guy he is, locker room guy. Um, and, you know, somebody mentioned this not too long ago. There's only too many, there's only so many guys you can cut from a team. You know, on Madden, it's very easy for me to say, okay, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. But eventually, if you cut too many guys in the real world, you're going to affect team chemistry and that's not going to be yeah, a good and thing. I mean, they, they built, they built a really positive culture and mm -hmm. you know, that takes a hit when you have to let go of guys like Hendricks and Thielen. So if you just yep. keep doing that, then, then all the stuff you say about how important the people are and the culture are, but then you really don't give any, anybody the benefit of the doubt and you just right. clean house. It, it, kind of backfires on you so um but you know ham was probably overpaid at 3.8 million he's probably not overpaid now so yeah and he still brings that veteran presence to the team so if somebody beats him out then that's one thing but um you know they didn't just purge him you know to right. save a ball and and yep. that's what they're that's what they're doing. I mean, you know, getting Harrison Smith to come back, you know, on a dramatically lower contract, and I, I don't know that I think that goes a long way in the long run on this culture front for them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now we got to get into <laughs> a rumor here that surfaced. Uh, Jeremy Fowler. Um, speculatively reporting question mark uh, that the Minnesota Vikings uh, maybe are interested in bringing in Lamar Jackson to um, the organization. Obviously things in Baltimore, not going great uh, with contract talks and that was floated out by Jeremy Fowler. I'm not a huge fan of it. Not because Lamar's not talented. Cause I do think he's very talented player and, from that perspective, I would love it. Where I would not love it, Kevin, is the injury history. And it seems like he has been unavailable most of the time the last couple of years. And I don't care how talented you are. If you're not available, it doesn't matter. Yep. And and that's kind of the case for me with Lamar Jackson. And, you know, I think the injury history, just based on the last couple of years, it's only going to get worse, I would think as you get older. Right. And especially with his playing style, um, there's chances of that, uh, continuing in the future, I think too. Yeah. Yeah. The, my take on that, I mean, at first I thought it was ridiculous, but J Jeremy Fowler isn't just making stuff up. It's based on, you know, connections and stuff like that. So it's an informed comment, right. uh, you know, and he just, he just characterized it as a dark horse, 
you know, team of interest. Um, you know, it, the only way it comes about is if, if the, you know, they're interested or somebody's interested in trading for Kirk and you get something in return for him. And, you know, then you're basically on some level, you're making a lateral move with Lamar Jackson, but a younger player. But then you also, he's, he's taken up a big amount of your cap space. So you, you aren't, you know, you aren't shifting to a, you know, a five-year rookie contract. You're, you're just transitioning from one, you know, top tier quarterback salary to another. Now, you know, and then the other, the other thing is he doesn't particularly seem like a fit to me for O'Connell's, you know, the most important characteristic is accuracy. I'm not saying that, that Lamar isn't an accurate passer, um, and, and in a, you know, whatever their system is, he probably is more than adequate at making all the throws. Um, but to totally leverage a guy like that, you, you kind of want him to have the freedom to take off and run and make big plays. Yeah. Um, I, I just haven't seen that as part of the MO of, you know, the O'Connell scheme and system going back to the, you know, the Rams and the you know, the Shanahan tree and the McVay tree and all that stuff. So it, it doesn't make total sense to me, but, you know, if if some of these trade ships are, are in play, like, you know, if somebody's interested in Kirk or Dalvin or Daniil Hunter or Zadarius Smith or something, well, then, you know, it's a blockbuster, you know. Yeah, send Zadarius back to the Ravens where he was supposed to go. And and that, you know, and that probably you know, that wouldn't surprise me at all, you know, cuz he'd be a good fit there. And, you know, they like him and are familiar with him and, you know, would appreciate his value and all that. You know, it, it, yeah. I, I don't know, it just it just seems like a lot of components come together for this to really be a reality. Yeah. And, and I think, I think systematically, I think Kevin O'Connell, if he got a player like Lamar Jackson, you know, I always say, Kevin, you always want to fit your scheme to what your players do best. And I mean, you, you can run whatever, you know, obviously Kevin O'Connell seems like he's more comfortable in a West coast system uh, type of offense um, or kind of in that Sean McVay mold, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, obviously Lamar's maybe not, I mean, not that he wouldn't be good in it or comfortable in it, but that doesn't maximize his right. skill set. And, and O'Connell inevitably, he would adapt his system. Right. The leverage that I, I don't think he's foolish and stubborn yeah. about it. No, that. exactly. That's, that's kind and, of what I was going to make a point of. They wouldn't make the move for a guy like that without a plan for how to tap into that, you know, and whatever right. changes that would make to the system. I, I don't think they would make the move if they weren't comfortable with doing that. Yeah. Very good. Well, um, that's our thoughts on uh, Lamar Jackson uh, to the Vikings. Uh, one last one before we get into the draft stuff. Adam Thielen, we didn't get to talk about that. Literally, the news broke right after we recorded our last episode. 
But Adam Thielen, a three-year deal to the Panthers. Look, I'm happy for Adam. Um, I think I think the drama with his wife and some of the things he was saying in the media, I think he needs to uh, – it doesn't seem – and I didn't look at his thank you or whatever to the Vikings, but I, it just kind of seemed like he was more frustrated than thankful, and I think he should have been thankful more so than frustrated for his time in Minnesota. And I think there will come a time when he is more thankful for that, but it, I just kind of was rubbed the wrong way just by his, the way he was going about, about things, especially his wife, obviously too. And I know he doesn't control his wife, but, um, or at least I don't think so, but, um, yeah, I, I just was rubbed the wrong way by that, Kevin. But again, good for him. I hope he does well with the Panthers. Obviously, their number one wide receiver at the moment. We'll see if that continues after the draft and all that. But um, yeah, I think, the Panthers. I think, um, you know, the, the, the rub is, you know, he's on the verge of losing something. You know, he's on the verge of losing his skills. Right. And I think he... You know, he believes deep in his heart that it was injuries that slowed him down and that his body is, when healthy, can still do everything it could ever do. But the reality is with the Vikings, I mean, you're not going to proactively try to create opportunities for Adam Thielen when you've got Justin Jefferson. And and that's just a reality. So, you know, whatever he said or whatever his wife says about his role and stuff, you know, you gotta you gotta balance that with the reality of you are not gonna take away from Justin Jefferson to get him more touches and stuff like that. And I and I mean, I think he knows that. I I think he realizes that. And I think he was just confident that he would get another contract from somebody, and he could find a situation where he would be needed more. And I think Carolina is a really perfect fit for that. You know, it's it's a healthy culture that he's going to. And, you know, they're going to have a rookie quarterback running the show with talent. And, you know, I think he's going to be the the leader of that wide receiver room there. And, you know, I wish him all the best. Um, but, he's you know, he's not the first guy that had a long career as a Viking that finished it out with someone else. So right. it, it just happens. Um, you know, I, to me, no hard feelings. And good for him, yeah. you know. Um, I I only wish that he had played out his contract and we'd get a comp pick for it. But yeah, right. <laughs> but it is what it is, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Hey, Vikings fans! I interrupt this episode to tell you about our great sponsor through the Pigskin Podcast Network, DraftKings. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of the top-rated sportsbook apps in America. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TPPN. 
Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Now, back to the show. So, we got Kevin Brown's big board here. Top 50 uh, for the NFL uh, draft that'll be coming up at the end of April. And Kevin, uh, I just kind of want to throw it to you at this moment to kind of talk a little bit about some of the key players. I don't want you to necessarily go through all 50, but right. some of the players that stick out to you as being uh, really impact players potentially at the NFL level. Yeah, so the, the main thing I want to I want to just clarify is, um, you know, the, the grade scale uh, to the far right column of each player. You know, to me, I have it broken down, like basically those guys are in tiers. And what I mean by that is, you know, if I've got four guys at a 6.9, they conceivably could be in any numerical order you want there. And, you know, then there's this next tier of the 6.5 guys. And then then the rest is they're all at 6.4. And, you know, so so the guy at 19 isn't necessarily any more realistic or likely than the guy at 50. Um, it just it's going to vary so much by team, uh, you know, scheme, whether the guys are fit, you know, any number of things. So it, it really, you know, I'm more firm about sort of the tiers of these players. And, you know, so what I'm saying is like, to me, there's really like 18, you know, surefire first round caliber guys in this year's draft. And, you know, you know the order could change almost daily, you know, based on new information or, you know, what team is picking. So. So when I say I have Bijan Robinson one and Jalen Carter two, um, that's based on like over the life of a rookie contract. I just think those guys are elite talents. Um, it doesn't take into account all kinds of circumstances. It's just I wouldn't want to pass on those guys and and take someone you know multiple tiers lower um, ahead of them, regardless of position. So that's kind of, I guess, my, my starting point on that. And then uh, I put a little check mark by some of the guys that, you know, to me, we can maybe talk about in the context of the Vikings. So I guess we'll just kind of go down the list and maybe talk about some of those guys. Um, first one at 12 would be uh, Nolan Smith, edge defender from Georgia. Um, you know, to me, he he feels like the edge defender version of Lewis Seen for the Vikings. Um, you know, tested out of the out of the park, ran a four three nine, and just really lit it up at the combine. You know, good character, good work ethic. You know, speed off the edge. You know, some of have uh, you know just see him as you know an elite edge rush guy, a speed rush guy, and, you know, a high ceiling beyond, you know, what he was in college when he was surrounded by a lot of good players at every position. Um, 
Next up would be, you know, another edge guy, Miles Murphy. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a prototype size speed guy, edge guy, maybe not as dominant at the college level as this talent would indicate. But I would think a great fit for someone like Brian Flores to get his hands on. Um, and then uh, next up, uh, I think today's uh, Ohio State Pro Day really solidified Jackson Smith and Jigba as, you know, kind of hands down the top receiver as far as being pro ready. And for a team like the Vikings, who, you know, just let Thielen go, he, he's a guy that, you know, steps right in from day one and just takes over, um, you know, can play in the slot, can play outside, um, you know, can just really be a high volume, you know, guy and a, and a compliment, you know, like what, what Kirk needs, you know, when, when everybody's going to, going to double triple up Jefferson is they need a guy that can get open one-on-one -on -one. Well, Jackson Smith and Jigba would totally fit the bill. Um, I would love that. Yeah. I, um, I would love that fit. I mean, I, I like, uh, Nolan Smith and, uh, especially Nolan Smith, but Miles Murphy too. But I, I just want the Vikings to take another Ohio state receiver. Really? They're only, is there only other Ohio state receiver, at least one that's been good, Chris Carter. Yeah. <laughs> it seems that way. So I, I've I know I've clamored for other Ohio State receivers in the past. I wasn't as high on Garrett Wilson, but I loved Chris Olave last year. Yep, yep, and I, and I loved Garrett Wilson last year. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, and no, that you know, to me, if if he's there when the Vikings pick, uh, it's it's just a no brainer to me. Um, run the card up there. But I don't think he's going to be. I mean, I think, I, you know, he, you know, he kind of came into this process. He didn't play much as a senior because of an injury, or not a senior, but this last year. And you know, so the big question was, you know, where's he at? And I think, you know, I think he just hit it out of the park. And and you know, he he's he's the most pro-ready guy right now. Um. Jordan Addison is another big play receiver, just a natural. Um, the guy he reminds me of is Anthony Carter. Um, you know, was probably one of the more underrated, should be in the ring of honor Vikings of all time. Um, you know, not really that big, but just silky smooth and just a natural. And, you know, you see a lot of guys, um, when they catch the ball, it's like they almost have to gather themselves to catch it. He just doesn't break stride. He just plucks it and just keeps on motoring. And, you know, it's almost like he's elastic the way he just bounces off people. And, you know, he can stretch the field. And, you know, I, I think he'd, he'd be a real, you know, he'd be a great fit for their offense, would bring take pressure off of Jefferson and, and, you know, contribute right away. So he's another guy I like as well. Um, then kind of zip past these, some of these other guys, um, you know, I don't see them going tackle. So the, let's talk about the quarterbacks. Um, 
you know, uh, Daniel Jeremiah mocked Hendon Hooker to the Vikings at 23 in his most recent. And, you know, there probably isn't anybody more respected that, you know, talks about the draft game these days than, than him. And, you know, it, it seems like a long shot. And I understand that, you know, he's a little older, you know, he's 25 years old and he's coming off an ACL injury. But, you know, to me, if I put Hendon Hooker side by side with Will Levis, and I, you know, and I've done this, I've watched every single game, both guys this past season. I, I honestly don't know how you could possibly say that Levis is better than Hendon Hooker. Now, if you go back to the previous year with Levis, that's what all the hype is based on. But he he just really regressed. And, um, you know, there, there's inconsistency and issues that both of them need to work out. And in both cases, I think um, I, I think it's really important they don't get thrown to the wolves right away. Well, the, the beauty of that is the Vikings are the perfect team for that. Um, you know, Cousins has been durable and he's under contract and, you know, they don't have any like serious commitment beyond this year. So either one of those guys conceivably fit for the Vikings. Um, you know, is it a reach, you know, to take a guy like Hooker at 23? Well, maybe it is, but maybe it isn't. I mean, maybe a team like right. Tampa Bay picking at 19 would feel the same way and, and take him. I just think that, you know, he eventually is going to be a quality starting quarterback. And he has all the all the things you look for. I mean, the character, the leadership, the arm talent, the athletic ability, uh, the production. It, it's just all there. I just don't, you know, he's he's older. Well, if he's 25 and he, he plays five years under his first contract and another five, you get 10 years out of him. And he's 35. Not everybody's going to play as long as Brady or Aaron Rodgers, but uh, you know, a 10 year run would be plenty good. And, uh, you know, I don't, you know, it's probably before your time, but Roger Staubach didn't, didn't take a snap for the Dallas Cowboys till he was 27. Oh, wow. And, you know, he ended up playing 11 years and had who knows how many concussions and injuries and whatever, but, you know, he was, yeah. you know, uh, a historically good player in that franchise history so yeah well i think too much is made of the age thing and especially the quarterback position where the guy has to be you know the face of the franchise and and has to be mature on and off the field and you know if, you, if you've ever raised kids you know firsthand that the frontal cortex of the brain doesn't fully develop until someone's 25 so to me, it's almost a good thing in, in you know, at a quarterback. So, yeah. And the injuries, well, the injury guys come back from knee injuries. And, you know, from what I right. understand, all the medical stuff, you know, he could play this coming season um, or they could stash him on the pup. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, based on what you've said in some of your analysis on Levis, 
and comparing him with Hooker, I, I agree. And just looking at his t- statistics, and now I know Tennessee's roster the last couple of years has been really good, an SEC team, but 31 touchdowns and three interceptions in 2021, a 68.2% completion percentage, way yep. better than Anthony Richardson, by the way. Yep. Um, 69.6% in 2022, 25 touch, uh, 27 touchdowns to two picks. Yep. Threw, threw for 3,000 yards both seasons, averaged over 9.5 yep. yards per uh, completion uh, both seasons. So yep. I, Every, I agree. Everything about Hooker is, you know, the production is better than what Levis did the last two years. And, they, you know, they both played in the SEC. Um, so, they're, you know, like, uh, you know, Hooker threw five touchdowns against Alabama, and they upset Alabama. Um, yep. I don't know how much more, you know, big-time college he can be than that. Right. Now, he didn't do as well against uh, Georgia, but he still right. completed 70% in that game um, through one pick. And, I mean, he didn't have a disastrous game. Levis had some disastrous games this past Um so that's just my my take. But you know, everything about Levis totally fits what you know a Kevin O'Connell offense wants to do. And there's a lot of similarities. You know, the his coach's junior year worked with O'Connell with the Rams, and you know, I, I get the potential fit. Uh, I I wouldn't give up the farm to trade up for him. I just think the the bus potential is just too high for him. Yeah. But that's just me, and I know I'm out on a limb on that. Yeah. Well, uh, Kevin, I know um, I know you got a lot more here. Uh, maybe maybe what we'll have you do is maybe give a few other key ones. Um, probably not go through all of the ones you got here, but maybe, sure. maybe a lineman, another edge rusher. Yeah, so um, another... Like you, you mentioned Kalidra Kansi, the guy you like. Um, yeah. You know, he's a, he's an interesting prospect and I'm dying to know and understand, you know, how high a team like the Vikings has on him. You know, he's undersized. Uh, he kind of doesn't yep. fit, you know, a 3-4 defense or, you know, the the scheme. Um, you know, he's really kind of an under-tackle kind of thing. But uh, O'Connell, you know, knows what a guy like Aaron Donald could do, and you carve out a role for that guy. So, you know, is he a fit for them or is he not a fit for them? I, I don't know. Talent-wise, he's right up there. So, um, you know, Zay Flowers would be a great addition for them, would be a great fit, you know, as that third receiver, plug him in, gets open, creates separation, makes big plays, would take a lot of pressure off Jefferson. Quinton Johnson is more of a developmental prospect, um, deep threat kind of a guy. Um, I I think Brian Branch was you know, probably a, a better potential fit before they signed Brian, Byron Murphy. Uh, we've talked about Levis. I think Deontay Banks is a, is a very talented cover corner, um, plug and play ready to go. Um, I like I like three of these edge guys, Keon White, Will McDonald, Felix, and 
Anadike Uzoma. Um, you know, I can I could see Flores getting a lot out of those guys. Uh, Jalen Hyatt's a, a receiver that can really stretch the field, which would really open things up for Jefferson and KJ Osborne and those two tight ends underneath. Um, so uh, yeah. those, those are some guys that I think fit. Um, I think Isaiah Foskey's an underrated edge guy uh, would really fit the Flores scheme. We've got some linemen that, you know, I think one of the things that's on their radar is they want a guard that can step in when Ezra Cleveland's deal runs out after this season. And so these inside offensive linemen, I think, are appealing to them. Uh, this Cody Mock from North Dakota State, beautiful fit, you know. Yeah. Uh, left guard guy has played tackle, kind of a local connection. Um, I think he'd be great. Steve Avila's, you know, as a left guard, you know, physical, uh, dominant, uh, you know. And then uh, Tittman and, and John Michael Schmitz, you know, if Bradbury isn't necessarily the long-term solution, although they're kind of paying him like he, he is. Um, but, but those guys, you know, would, would merit consideration too. And then uh, uh, I put a check mark by Jack Campbell because I just think he is a really good player and underrated, and he's an Iowa guy. So, absolutely, you, you yeah. had to put him on there. You were contractually obligated to exactly. put him on there just for me, right? Exactly. It was, <laughs> it was part of the Skull Purple podcast. Agreement. That's right. There's got to be at least one Iowa guy in the top fifty. That's a yeah. that's well, a rule. He's, now. he's the one. He's He's just a really good player and uh, yeah, like him a lot. So. And I see you got Lucas Van Ness as your number 11. Uh, overall. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, that he reminds me a lot of Keith Millard, um, his oh, wow. body okay. and initial quickness. Um, he's a lot faster than Keith Millard ever was. I mean, Keith Millard never ran a four, five, eight, 40. But, <laughs> that but, is uh, that is just crazy isn't it for a defensive it, it, end i mean we we've seen some crazy ones like with micah parsons and stuff too but yeah but uh you know he's just he's gonna be a really good player and his ability to play the edge and slide inside and convert speed to power and you know there's no concerns about his passion for the game and his motor um you know he's he fits just about anybody's scheme, so I, I just think he's he's going to go pretty early. Yeah. Well, there you have it, Kevin, um, and everyone watching and listening. Kevin Brown's 2023 NFL Draft Board Top 50, um, and Kevin has been doing. If you haven't been able to watch or haven't watched on our YouTube channel, Skull Purple Podcast YouTube channel. Kevin has been gracious to give us some of his time and break down each one of these guys individually. And we've been posting them on our YouTube channel. Still plenty more to get to before the draft. So make sure to keep watching our YouTube channel. But some of these guys have already been broken down, um, like a Bijan Robinson and a Jalen Carter. They have both been on there. And then there's a few other ones as well. But, uh, 
Uh, still more of those coming, and Kevin's been doing a great job, very informational uh, little series on the NFL draft um, that we've been doing um, this year. So uh, thank you again, Kevin, for being willing to do that and uh, share your analysis with us here on the channel. So um, let's go ahead, Kevin, as we uh, have our final segment of the show and have some fun. Uh, now we've we've seen your mock draft, and now it's time to put it into action, I think, right? Um, so let's go ahead and do that with a mock draft. Um, go ahead and I'm gonna I'm gonna allow you I'm, I'm guessing you still have your big board available to you right there. Yeah, I have a, a little horizontal board I use and and then uh, a printout so. Okay. I gotta keep track here. All right. You well, can keep track um, of who we pick. Yes, yeah. I will keep track of that, and I will. I will let you keep track of who is on your board because that's what we're planning to do here, folks. We're planning on drafting accordingly from Kevin Brown's big board, obviously with only fifty on that board. But Kevin has done research on multiple players, so he knows a lot of these guys. Um, but we're going to, at least for the first pick, maybe even two, maybe three, depending on how many people we get here, Kevin, because as I mentioned to you before the show, we are going to do this as a rebuild. This is a rebuild um, mock draft. So the Vikings are going to be picking in this mock draft. However... It is going to be based on a rebuild. And so that means we are going to be trading the likes of players like quarterback Kirk Cousins. We're also going to be trading the likes of Dalvin Cook. Um, I think we could even... Now, now maybe you'll stop me on this one a little bit, Kevin. I think we could even think about trading Ezra Cleveland uh, just because after next year his contract is up, I don't want to give him guard money. Um, that's just a little tidbit I have on him. Um, uh, Harrison I would, Smith. I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade Cleveland. Um, okay. Because we'll get a comp pick when we lose him. That's uh, true. But um, I think Zedarius. And Zedarius, and, and even though they just brought back, um, even though they just brought back Harrison, going to trade him, and probably Jordan Hicks. So we are kind of doing a little bit of a Madden approach here. But uh, this is just for fun. This is not um, an actual, obviously, uh, simulation because I think a lot of people would be having a heart attack right now if they saw all these moves going down <laughs> in reality for the Vikings. We just want to cultivate more draft picks. Yep, yep, exactly right. So that way we can get as many people, hopefully, that are on your big board um, as possible. So um well let's go ahead and just get this out of the way let's trade kirk cousins and see what we can get for him we're probably not going to get the first overall pick um the 39th from carolina they're saying we could get but let's uh let's just play around here kevin i love to play around for those of you that are our audio listeners you probably should have migrated to our uh, youtube channel by now um but uh you can see all of the moves I'm making 
Um, I'm just having fun here. We're just having fun just to play with things a little bit. I'm a, I'm a Madden GM, so I, I like to have fun like this. Um, obviously all speculative, but fun. So if we start to add some of these other picks here, see what we have to give up here, Kevin. I, I have a feeling it's going to be more than what we want to give up for the first pick, right? So yeah, maybe we could target uh, uh, something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, or should we try and trade some of these other players away first before we trade away Kirk? And try and accumulate well, as much capital. What we could get from San Francisco for for Cousins for Kirk, yeah, or or Baltimore, yeah. Like, Baltimore. Say they're going to lose. Say they're going to lose uh, Lamar. You know what? Yeah. What kind of capital can we? Net? Yeah. Let's uh, let's see what the uh, the Ravens will give us twenty two straight up for Cousins. It says trade oh. will likely be accepted. Um, let's well, let's uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I think if they're willing to do that, because obviously Lamar potentially leaving, then we need to throw on this. How about a, <laughs> that's where I figured we'd go wrong. Um, but maybe we could even get their entire draft here. Let's see what else we can get on this. Just, just to see how many picks we can actually get. We're going to... Let's see. Maybe we could do that. Let's, let's try that. What do you think? That, boy, if they accept that, that, I feel like that's a huge win. Yeah, maybe give them their 199 back. Well, here's, here's the deal. We, get, we get multiple trade offers. So let's, uh, let's okay. see what this goes for. Okay, they said no, so maybe we give them that 199 back. I didn't like that either. Yeah, um, whatever reason the thing is not showing, but now I think we're down to four offers. So let's let's uh, let's give them that back. How about the fourth? Let's and and we'll throw the fifth in. See if that goes. Nope. Okay, we'll just do the fourth. All right. So here's what happened for the audio listeners. We just traded the we just traded Kirk Cousins for the number 22 overall pick, the first round pick, which is the pick right before the Vikings, by the way. The 86th pick, which is the Ravens' third round pick, 124, 157, and 199. And a fourth rounder next year for Kirk Cousins. So got kind of a haul for Kirk Cousins there. Um, didn't have to give up any picks on our end. And now we can continue here, Kevin, to kind of deal some of these other players. Okay, let's I've, let's see if we can move uh Dalvin uh, here. Dalvin, yep. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's see, uh, did Buffalo actually pick anybody up for a running back? Cause they lost, uh, what's his name? Singletary. Uh, Singletary. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like, uh, maybe Atlanta, maybe Denver. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good one. Atlanta. Um, Atlanta, let's see if they'll give us 44. Nope, they won't give us 44. Really don't want to give us 75. How about 110, 113? Fourth rounder next year, and how about a fifth? No, they won't do the fifth. But how about how about that? Do you think that looks okay, or sure. would you try and get more out of that? No, that's good. All right, so we're asking Atlanta for the 110, 113, and 2024 fourth round pick. And they said no, so we'll probably take that fourth round pick off. Uh, maybe we'll add... 159. It seems like next year they're they're not really willing to give up picks, but this year they are. Let's see if they go for that. No. Okay, so they went with it for the 110, 113, and 159 on Dalvin. So you have that. Um, now we're going to go ahead and do another trade. We're going to keep Cleveland as per the wishes of Kevin. And we are going to trade Harrison Smith now. I know he just restructured, but for the sake of the exercise, we're rebuilding this thing. Um, who do you think would be a good fit for Harrison Smith, Kevin? Oh, let's see. How about... Um... What do you think about Jacksonville? Uh, I was say, how about uh, the Bengals? They lost. Uh, oh, they lost Bates. Who did Bates sign with? I don't remember, but uh, Atlanta. Oh, yeah, Atlanta. That's right. All right, so we're going to go to Cincinnati here. See what they'll give us for Harrison Smith. They will likely give us. A, their 92 pick, which is their third rounder. See okay. if they give us anything else on there. Nope. Let's see if they just give us the, the 92 and the 131 we're asking for. Whoops. I don't know what I did there. Um, oh, let's go. I must have hit the wrong one. So Harrison Smith to the Bengals. Oh, uh, where are we? There we go. So to the Bengals for the 92 and 131 offer trade. And they accepted it. Okay. So that is... What's that? Yeah, that's right. It's a little okay. easier than, than what they uh, probably have to deal with in real life, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see um let's see uh, if we can get up to pick three pick three let's see if we can trade before that let's trade jordan hicks just to see okay. if there's anything we can do there um any team you think would be a good fit for him um his old team the Cardinals, maybe? <laughs> maybe. It doesn't seem realistic that anybody would give anything for him. But Wow. Jordan Hicks for a third-round pick, <laughs> say seems... the Cardinals, which is crazy. I agree, but 
That's insane. They did it. They did it. Right, wow. So, yeah. Well, maybe we should keep <laughs> keep going. Um, well, let's do what you wanted to do here, Kevin. Let's uh, let's try and move up to at least the number three spot. Um, okay. uh, maybe we can even slide up to number two. I doubt it. Uh, number three is probably the best idea. So here we go to the Cardinals. Maybe we'll give them that pick back. <laughs> um, so let's see. Let's see here. So if we give them 23 and 22, not interested in that. But they would be if we throw. So basically, we got to give them three first round picks. It looks like. Um, or multiple second rounders, which we could do, I guess. But how about uh, do 2266 and next year's one? 66 and next year's one. That doesn't likely won't be accepted. If you add the second, it's up to a 55% chance. You want to give that a shot? Um, maybe do like 87. And, yeah. And then uh, a four. Yeah, let's try that. Let's so we're gonna try and get rid of 22, 66, 87, 119, 131, and uh 2024 first round pick. 49% chance to be accepted, and they didn't do it. All right, All right, so now maybe we can add on a couple of back end picks, get it up to 54%. Let's give that a try here, Kevin. And there it is. There it is. We have the third overall pick now. So who knows what quarterback we're even going to be able to get, but we are in the position to take at least the third best overall quarterback. And who knows, Kevin, we could get trade offers to trade back and we could reaccumulate some of the picks we just traded. <laughs> yep. So, all right. Well, I think we're good to resume the draft and see what happens here. Um, so the first pick from the Panthers is CJ Stroud and the second pick, I'm going to guess Bryce young. No, Anthony Richardson. So now if you're the Vikings here, you don't have a quarterback or you run into the podium for Bryce young. I sure am. <laughs> All right. I think so too. I agree. I, I really out, like Bryce young. This worked out splendidly. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Bryce young to the Vikings at the third overall pick. And now we wait until 23 and let the board come to us. Obviously, lots of good players coming off the board, but guess who's still here? My guy, Kalijah Kansi, still here. Plus, we have Deontay Banks, the corner from Maryland, Brian Brissy from Clemson, interior defensive lineman. Um, Jordan Addison still there, Michael Mayer the tight end, Josh Downs, wide receiver, all off the board. Um, Bijan Robinson went to the Lions. That's kind of a unfortunate thing for the Vikings. Um, mm -hmm. uh, doesn't... Jordan Addison. 
you want Jordan Addison here? I would. Um, I don't know where. Where did uh, the Ohio State? Oh, Jackson Smith and the Jigba went to the yeah. Texans at twelve. That's where he went. Okay. So I was thinking, where is he? But he went earlier. So I would say it's between three players. I You mentioned Jordan Addison. I love Kalijah Kansi. Deontay Banks would be another one I would think about here. But as we've mentioned already, Kevin, the depth in the cornerback class and the picks that we accumulated gives us a chance to go get a corner later on. Um, so Jordan Addison, according to your... Your big board? I would take take Addison. Okay. All right. Jordan Addison at the 23rd pick, and the Vikings offense is now ready to roll. And now we have to wait until the third round to come back up. And we'll have picks 86-92 in the third round. We could make the decision to trade up here, but we're already at the pick. Um, I think it was probably okay that it worked out this way. Garrett Williams, the corner from Syracuse is here. Carl Brooks, the edge rusher, Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, the slot corner from TCU, Kevin, um, Michael Wilson from Stanford, the wide receiver. We just took a wide receiver. Any of these guys sticking out. We took our quarterback. Tanner McKee would not be a fit here. Well, the Garrett Williams I like. Um, and then you have um, Dorian Williams, a little early maybe to take him, but linebacker if you want to yeah. go linebacker. Don't really need to go running back. Um, I mean, we could because we did trade Dalvin, right? So. Well, actually, did we even trade Zedarius? I don't even know if we traded Zedarius. Or maybe we did, and I'm just scratching my head oh, here. I but I don't think we did. Um. So what do you, what do you want to do here, Kevin? Do you want to go Garrett Williams? Oh, I I think Garrett Williams. Um, you know, he's the highest one on the PFF board. Um, okay. All right, we'll go with that. Uh, Garrett Williams. And Dorian Williams, the linebacker, went. Uh, DeMarvion Overshone, he went. Another linebacker. Um, now you got Carl Brooks, the edge rusher, still here. Um, Hodges Tomlinson still here. Uh, let's see. You got K.J. Henry, Isaiah McGuire. Um, anybody that's Shoemaker, the tight end from Michigan, don't really need a tight end. Um, but he's there. Deuce Vaughn down there a little bit. Kobe Turner. Any of these guys sticking out for you, Kevin? No. Um, <laughs> Should we go with Brooks? Um, Brooks would be, yeah, he would be like the successor to Dean Lowry. Okay. So Carl Brooks, it is. We are going to stop things right here for a moment. Um, I want to, I want to finish our rebuild here, Kevin. So I'm going to go ahead and say, let's, uh, 
we were going to do this anyway, and we just forgot to do it. But uh, let's see if we can get something for Zadarius Smith. Um, I think you said the Ravens could be a fit. Should we try that? We've kind of already fleeced them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, anybody else you think would be a good fit for him? How about uh, how about Miami? Miami, we'll give it a shot. Let's see. They don't have many picks left, but oh, okay. Let's see what we can get out of them. So we're asking for one ninety seven, two thirty eight. A fifth and a sixth next year, and a fourth in twenty twenty five. It it is. We'll give it a shot. We'll see what happens. Yeah. They accepted it. They accepted it. So um, again, you know, you could take into you could take this with a grain of salt with PFF's uh, trade simulator. But here we go. We got more picks, a couple extra this year, and we're building our capital for future years as well. So. Um, yeah. That's that's got to be nice, and now we need to go here with our next pick, and maybe talk about getting another edge guy, or what else do we got? We got uh, Moro Ojimo from Texas, the interior guy. Uh, Travis Hodges Tomlinson's still here, and we pick again in a couple of spots here. Kevin, what are you thinking? Uh, keep scrolling. See, we got Turner, we got Parker Washington, KJ Henry, Kobe Turner, Deuce Vaughn, Jaden Reed, another wide receiver, Ivan Pace Jr. What do you think of that one? Um, we need to replace Jordan Hicks, don't we? Yeah, because we traded him away, didn't we? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm good with that. All right, Ivan Pace Jr. to the Vikings at 110. And now Travis Hodges Tomlinson's still there. Do you think about that to fill your slot corner for four years, Kevin? Um, well, we drafted uh, uh, Williams from Syracuse too, didn't we? We did. Is he is he more of a slot guy or is he more? I think he can be either. He could be so, either. Okay. Dale Skinner would be a good replacement for uh, Harrison Smith. That's true. We do need to get. Replacement for Harrison Smith. Uh, any other guys on this that you kind of are intrigued by or you think we should just go with Skinner? Um, I keep scrolling down a little bit. Let's see. Oh, Jair Brown from Penn State. Yep, Jair Brown from Penn State, another safety. Yeah, I think I would take him over um, Skinner, actually. Okay. I think that. All right. Jair Brown, safety from Penn State. That's where we're going with our Harrison Smith replacement. And what do you know? Here we are picking again at 124. Um, we do have a trade offer. Saints are interested in trading. Um. I think we've done. Do you think we've done enough trading, or should we give it a shot here? 
Let's give it a let's see what we can coop for next year. There you go. Uh, if there's anything we can coop out of this, recoup. Um, let's try this. A fifth rounder next year, and we're going back 22 spots. Yep. Nope, they don't want to do that. I'd say if you can't get a fifth rounder out of that, yep. I'd say that's probably assigned to just pick, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So back on the board, still Ojimo's there. McGuire and Henry are still there. Turner, Vaughn. Maybe we could go Vaughn here. Maybe a little early yet for him, but um, Ronnie Hickman, another safety. Um, Keandre Coburn. Let's see. Any other guys? Zach Evans, another running back. It's maybe showed some promise. Um, Chandler Savala. How about that? He could still be there at 157, potentially. Yeah, let's let's keep him in mind because uh, he could be an heir apparent. To yeah. Up, perhaps. Yep. Jake yeah, let's, go, let's look back at the top. What do we have? Zach Evans would be pretty good value here. Yeah. You like Fahoko? Or KJ Henry might be good too. What would you rather do? You go Evans or would you go Henry here? Um, I'm leaning Henry. Yeah, I think Henry, given we yeah. traded Zedarius. Mm -hmm. So KJ Henry will bring him in. Now we go another round into the fifth round. We'll pick here again. We still have we have three picks in a row here. Maybe we will do a trade here. Um, let's see who's on the board first. Is there anybody we're running to the podium here for? Savala? Should we run to the podium? Yeah, we have two other picks one. we can trade yeah, potentially. So Savala, we got him. All right, now we can trade at least one of these picks. The Texans are interested. Um, let's see, trade one fifty-eight. They don't even want to. Oh boy. Um, let's see. One sixty-one. Um, let's see if we can. I guess try and get some sevenths on here. But I, Cal, I don't know, man. This is getting into the weeds here. I mean, I know it's not. Yeah. Let. I guess let's give it a shot. I mean. What what bad what what more can we do here? I mean, it's a four pick difference, yeah. two seventh round picks. That's not bad for the fifth round here. Um, so that's what we did. Texans on the clock. They went with Coburn, Keandre Coburn from Texas. We still got plenty of edge rushers on the board here, Kevin. Um, obviously, we've gone edge a few times. Bryce Ford Bryce, Wheaton, wide receiver. Bryce Ford Wheaton. Let's do that. Do that? A vertical receiver. Right. Yeah. Add another receiver to 
the Bryce Young offense for the Minnesota Vikings. And now we're on the clock again. Yasir Abdullah is here. Vilami Fahoko is still there. Um, lots of guys here. Davis Allen's a tight end still on the board. Um, Keaton Mitchell running back from East Carolina. Uh, anybody sticking out to you here, Kevin? Yeah, keep, Eric Gray? Jackson Kirkland. Stetson, Stetson Bennett. Bennett. Want to go get Stetson? I would. All right. We got, we got Stetson Bennett. Now we got our backup. The uh, Georgia quarterback backing up the uh, Alabama quarterback. I'm sure the SEC would love that. Um <laughs> two more picks after this i believe nope this is uh our second to last pick here aiden o'connell still on the board um we still got some offensive linemen in here some edge rushers clayton toon from houston quarterback ronnie bell wide receiver from michigan we've gone wide receiver a couple of times but i do like ronnie bell um, Lee Cunningham, Cameron Brown, a corner from Ohio State, Jake Bobo. <laughs> oh, what a name! DJ oh, Johnson. we got Mo here. We got to do that, right? We got to go with Mo here, don't we? I wouldn't, but <laughs> who who were you saying? Uh, DJ Johnson, edge guy. DJ Johnson, uh, is up here. Yeah. DJ. Oh, was he down? Yeah. Right yeah. here. Okay. From Oregon. Yeah. You would go with him over, over Ibrahim, huh? I would. All right. I'm letting you win this one. <laughs> the Minnesota Gopher fans aren't going to be happy, but we'll, we'll let them, we'll let them duke it out in the comment section here. All right, we got one more pick, Kevin. 238 in the seventh round. And Aiden O'Connell's still on the board. Cunningham, some of these quarterbacks. Oh, Ibrahim's still here. Should we pull the trigger now? We'll give you that one, sure. <laughs> you got uh, Hunter Lupke. Hunter Lepke. Lepke, yeah. I go. think you did you mention him or somebody mentioned him as kind of a Kyle Uzcheck type of guy potentially. Yep. Yeah. No, I like him. He he's a really talented receiver for a fullback. We're get, yeah, we're getting Lepke. So CJ Ham's days may be numbered after all. And again, we passed on Ibrahim, but. Maybe we can go draft a UDFA. Maybe even Ibrahim will be a uh, undrafted free agent. By the way, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, just it's not that he's not talented, right, Kevin? It's just with the running backs these days, it's it's becoming lesser and lesser of a value at this point, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. We got so we got an A for the trade that we did to get the third overall pick. Um, we gave up again the third rounder 
66, 87. Uh, fourth rounder, 119, 131. Uh, round six, 199 and 211. And a round one next year um, to get the third overall pick from the Cardinals. And Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud went off the board ahead of our pick, and we took the heir apparent to Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, Bryce Young. A total rebuild. This was a rebuild uh, draft, so we traded away a bunch of people. And um, then we uh, still had our 23rd overall pick, got Jordan Addison. Uh, the Bryce Young pick was an A minus grade, B minus for Jordan Addison. Uh, we did trade away Jordan Hicks back to the Cardinals for a third round pick. We got a third round pick out of Jordan Hicks. Who would have thought? Uh, apparently, the PFF simulator would have. Uh, <laughs> Garrett Williams, the corner from Syracuse in the third round, an A plus grade on that pick, A minus on Carl Brooks, the edge rusher. Uh, Harrison Smith, we traded for a third rounder and a fourth rounder this year. And we used one of those picks on Carl Brooks, as I mentioned. We used another pick on Ivan Pace Jr. to replace Jordan Hicks, an A minus on that draft pick. We traded Dalvin Cook for two fourths and a fifth this year. And we drafted with those picks Jair Brown, a safety to replace Harrison Smith from Penn State. That was a C on that pick, uh, but uh, Kevin, Kevin's smarter than the PFF simulator, I think, on that one. I think, uh, I think we're going to give that one to you, Kevin. They probably would have given us a better grade for JL Skinner. Probably, yeah. There, there, uh, there's a looked like it had him a little higher. Um, yeah. KJ Henry, though, where we got him at 124, they gave us an A on that. B minus for Chandler Zavala, the guard from NC State in the fifth round. Also, Bryce Ford Wheaton, a B minus, pick 159. Stetson Bennett, we got a D plus in the fifth round. Our backup for a while uh, for Bryce Young, though. Uh, B on uh, our trade with the Texans. We traded them pick 158, and we. Traded back four spots and got two seventh-round picks in return for next year. So recouped some picks for next year. We also traded Zadarius Smith uh, for a fourth-round pick and a seventh. Uh, so a fourth-round pick next year, a fifth-rounder this year, and or a four, or no, a fourth-rounder in 2025, a sixth-rounder and fifth-rounder in 2024 and a sixth and a seventh in this year's draft, which we took DJ Johnson, the edge rusher from Oregon, uh, to replace him. D-plus was their grade on that one. And then Hunter Lepke, as you said, this, the uh, fullback from ND, NDSU, North Dakota State, C-plus with the seventh, pick, uh, seventh round pick, 238, uh, and an overall draft grade of an A. Kevin, we did it. We've rebuilt the Minnesota Vikings. And now we're going to go undefeated, Super Bowl bound. Um, there's no doubt, right? Well, it'd be a pretty harsh turn of the page, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Again, again, this is just a fun thing. We don't think yeah. this is going to happen. But it it's it's just fun to kind of play with this thing. It, it's kind of like playing Madden 
uh, in a way. Uh, but uh, I think maybe this is a little more realistic. But I don't know. It's it's fun. It's fun to do. So yeah. But. Well, that is going to do it. We'll uh, make sure to share our image here uh, with with the YouTube audience on our YouTube page and social media just to put out the controversy and uh, hopefully strike some interest in, uh, in what we've tried to do here in rebuilding this Vikings team. But, uh, yeah, Kevin, it was fun to have you on to help through the uh, drafting process. Um, I know, uh, we probably wouldn't have gone this drastic if we were doing it from the, uh, ideas of Quasi and Kevin O'Connell and Brian Flores, but it's fun to, it's fun to play with it like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. And gives you a feel for where players might go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, thanks, Kevin, for joining us, and thank you, everybody, for listening and watching on YouTube. Make sure to like and subscribe um, and ring the bell for up-to-date uh, content. We also are available on Apple and Spotify now, so you can listen to the show via Apple or Spotify as well. And we're proud to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. Thanks again for joining the Skull Purple Podcast this week. We'll have more content for you uh, down the road. So keep keep on coming back to the Skull Purple Podcast YouTube channel. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Kevin, again for your content and your draft board. And uh, we'll look forward to hopefully getting you on a few more times here before the draft. Sounds good. All right. That's going to do it for the show. And as always, Skull. Skull. <laughs>